welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Syosset Library's Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica. Um, hosting a wonderful uh, guest from across the pond who wrote a really interesting book called All the Little Bird Hearts, which was just sort of one of those reads that you need to sit with for a while because um, the main character, Sunday, is um, really unforgettable, but you really just need to sort of, it's like you're sitting on the couch with her and she's telling you the story and you're sort of piecing together what happened through her narrative. Um, and it was just such a really interesting way to build a story. And the characters are just lovely. So uh, without any further ado, um, Victoria Lloyd Barlow, welcome. Thanks, Jessica. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> lovely to have you. So tell us a little bit about all the little bird hearts and where this story came from. Okay. Um, well, I wrote it as part of my PhD on contemporary fiction. And I'd been planning to do a PhD on Italian studies, but then the idea for this book came to me while I was preparing for that and changed my plans completely. And so this was the the book that I ended up writing instead. That's actually quite interesting. How So was it the voice of the characters that sort of changed you a little bit or was it just the idea because so you have um basically you have sunday and she's raising her adolescent daughter um dolly by herself and these newcomers sort of come into her life um and you know sunday she's sort of aware that she needs to sort of adjust certain things in order to understand what people are doing and what their motives are but um, Vita and her husband, who are their new neighbors, are just sort of very intoxicating. Um, you know, um, uh, um, Sunday is sort of, uh, you know, she sort of lives her life by this um, old fashioned etiquette book. And they present, I guess, a little bit of that glamour that 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 it evokes and um she sort of needs to start piecing out what the relationships are and how this affects her and her daughter. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's really like you're sitting on the couch with Sunday and she's talking about her life and, you know, you know that she's neurodivergent um, and she's aware, but you're trying to figure out, you know, you're reading between the lines with her. So through her lens, it's almost like, you are in that headspace and it was just a really interesting way to tell a story. So uh, yeah, what was it about um, all the little bird hearts that kind of uh, shifted your PhD focus? I think um, it probably was that first person narration that you're talking about. Um, I've spoken about it before, but when I began thinking about it, I was, I used to live in a very quiet village in a valley and we used to go and pick up our children from the local school. And every at the end of every summer, they used to light fires on the local farm and woodland. And so where we were standing waiting to pick up the children, we could see the, smart, the fires and you could smell them. But nobody ever really talked about them. And I used to find them quite sinister. And I began to think about 
what it would be like to write that narrative about somebody who experienced the same things as other people, but had a different experience of that thing. And I really felt that strongly with the fires that were such a natural part of country life, but also felt quite uncanny and odd to me. So I began thinking about that and what it would be like to write about that. And then the fires became a real theme of the book because for me, when I was writing, Rita and Rollo were fire themselves because it's one of those things that you're drawn to for its beauty, but at the same time, it's harmful. So that's what I had in mind when I was writing. And I think it was that first person narrative that really drew me in and it felt important as well to write from the first person as a autistic woman because that's something I haven't found in fiction I love literature I love fiction and I'd never come across that and I felt that was missing that was something that I wanted so I hoped other readers would want to read that as well yeah I have to say the you this book almost reminded me um of uh, the maid Somebody else mentioned that to me, though. So I'm because, yeah. really, um, you know, I feel like Sunday and I believe Molly was the protagonist in The Maid. I feel like they are kindred spirits. You know, a lot of people look at them in a certain way and look at their circumstances and sort of I, I don't want to say like underestimate them, but, you know, sort of just change what they think their value is in their mind because they're like oh here's this woman and she's clearly in their eyes um, lacking something but that's not true she just experiences things differently and you know for that reason she processes things differently but also is able to sort of come to conclusions that others might not or might think that she wouldn't yeah, if I could just uh, talk about The Maid, and I'm keen to read it, I think the central difference from what I understand of that book is that um, mine is an authentic autistic voice where The Maid, to my, as far as I understand, is written by um, a neurotypical writer. I think it's, it's really important, just as publishing is starting to recognise the underrepresented voices in other communities, I think it's just as important to recognise where the autistic writers have been underrepresented. So I'm I'm really keen to promote other autistic writers and encourage people to seek out those voices because when you're written by the dominant majority voice, it's never going to come across, it's not gonna help the canon in terms of representation. So I feel it's really important as writers and readers we're just beginning now to understand how important it is to really listen to those underrepresented voices and to build those canons for those communities from within rather than from without. Because when you're writing outside an identity, you naturally are talking to a bias. Whereas when we can speak for ourselves, that's a very different narrative. So, um, yeah, I think that's really a really important thing to point out. No, that makes sense. And again, I actually, um, I did not know that. And um, I, I, I uh, apologize for um, not being aware. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and I've heard the Maid's a great book, so I'm looking forward to reading it. Sure, I've heard good for reviews sure. for it. Yeah. 
Um, but I really, there was something really also, I mean, it was, it was very, there was something very sensitively written also to the fact that, um, you know, Sunday's a mother in this book and she's, um, you know, a neurodivergent mother uh, and her daughter is neurotypical. And it's, it was, I, I don't want to say it was um, sort of the interactions between um, Sunday and Vita and Rollo were like, they were almost like claustrophobic in the way that like you sort of, you you really, I feel like you really felt um, the escalating anxiety when Sunday is really trying to figure out, well, what exactly is going on? with these people and why does my daughter want to spend so much time with them? And, you know, just that sort of frustration of life changing without your ability to stop it. Um, it was just, again, it was just so beautifully written and, you know, some of just the narrative and how uh, Sunday sort of described herself and her relation to people. Um, you know, it was, it was just really, again, like I said, it was really, really well done. And I think that does, you know, bring up a really good point, um, you know, with what you were talking about as far as um, uh, voices of other autistic um, authors. Um, and obviously at the end of this interview, if there's others that you would like to um, talk about, that would be really awesome. Um, really quickly though, uh, if you do want to um, chat a little bit just about that etiquette book, because I thought that that was a really interesting part of the story. Yeah, I think um, because it's quite common among autistic people that we look for order and rules and kind of knowable culture. So um, in terms of our chosen interests, a lot of people like me are interested in alternative cultures to their own. So for me, I'm really, really fascinated by Italian culture, just as Sunday is. Um, for other people, it might be a different culture, which seems exotic and other to the one they live in. But I think it's harder to understand sometimes the rules and organisation of the society that we live within and operate within. And it can be easier in a way to look from the outside at another culture and feel that you can understand it more from outside um, because the society that we live in, we're supposed to know the rules all the time, but they're not written down. Um, they're not taught to us. We're just expected to have some innate understanding of them. And with the etiquette book, I think it's Sunday's way of trying to behave in the most acceptable way she can to try to fit in and go unnoticed and that she's always at least trying to do the right thing. I think she feels she's got some kind of secret view into what everybody else knows automatically. So um, often, I don't like to talk in generalizations, but often with autistic people, and I know for myself, we don't find social interactions so instinctive as neurotypical people do. So there's a lot more thought process that goes into it. And that's why it can be quite um, quite exhausting for autistic people sometimes to um, be very sociable because we're not doing that in that instinctive way that you might be doing it. We're actually thinking it through in a very conscious, cerebral way rather than just responding. So that's the function that the etiquette book provides for Sunday is that it kind of gives her an insight into what people expect. And it probably 
ironically makes her appear even more formal than she does naturally, but she finds it reassuring. So, so it helps her. I also wanted to talk about, um, you know, the age that um, Dolly is at during this book, because, you know, it's, I feel like um, 16, like that's such a precipice of teenage life. You're, I know a lot of people talk about like puberty as sort of the time when um, things start to get a little crunchy, but 16 is, you've got like one foot out the door and you're sort of kind of sure who you are, even though you're not, but then at the same time, you're also, um, you're also hyper aware that things are changing. Um, and I thought that that was a really interesting point in um, the relationship between Sunday and Dolly for them to meet Vita and her husband and for all of this to kind of come together. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, as a parent myself to neurotypical and atypical children, I feel so many of the the difficulties and joys of parenting are the same regardless of whether you're neurotypical or atypical um and yeah regardless of the children's identities as well it's that that point when they're individuating from you is difficult I think for all parents and all children because you want them to become independent and find their own selves and express themselves independently of you but at the same time that naturally involves the child rejecting to some degree who the parent is because they're no longer copying you and everything they're their own people with their own ideas and they need to be different from you and have physical and emotional space from you in order to become that person and that's a really difficult process I think um so I wanted to talk about that and yeah for other parents to look at that and maybe recognize parts of their own relationships because I think that's a really difficult time in parenting is that time where they're starting to step away from you and to look at you as a separate person, not as the parent that knows everything, but suddenly just another person in the world who maybe makes mistakes and is sometimes awkward and does the wrong thing sometimes. And I think that's quite a discombobulating process, both for the parent and the child. So it was just really interesting to write about that and to think about how that works and the reasons that we have to go through that as parents and as children. Yeah, I thought, you know, as, as somebody, my children are younger than that. Um, <laughs> but uh, and just recalling myself at that age, I just, you know, I thought you kind of captured that view very well. And you can kind of tell how um, Vita and her husband could sort of seem, like I said before, intoxicating and very um, interesting to Dolly, um, you know, whether or not, whether or not her mother was neurotypical or is neurotypical or not, it's just a very authentic time when teenagers do begin to seek out people who are different than what they grew up with, I, which I suppose is a very like a micro version of seeking out something that seems exotic like you know it's not exactly mm -hmm. like italian culture or anything but um 
it it is it is a different it is a different life a different home um and uh somebody who sort of um lives life differently so i i did feel like that was just a really good realistic view of that time period but also with everything else that's going on you can kind of feel the stakes are a little higher than just like, hey, my teenage daughter thinks these people are cool because you don't really know what their motives are. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting to bring them in and kind of, yeah, it felt like just setting the bomb and then waiting for it to go off. Yeah, because you could see it coming and you could kind of hear it ticking um, and it was a slow a slow burn, yeah. So uh, did you know what, did you like, know when the bomb was going to go off or did the story sort of lead you around there I think the structure came quite naturally because what I wanted to do was have it unfold quite slowly um and I wanted Sunday to get glimpses of it but I wanted the reader to get more awareness of what was coming so that the reader then would engage with Sunday and kind of be willing her to step in or to recognize what's happening um but I wanted them to feel her vulnerability there because um she wants to believe in these people so much and she feels very accepted by them and that's a great feeling for someone who's quite isolated so in some ways that blinds her even further um and then obviously she has her own vulnerabilities as well socially so I wanted the reader to become aware of things before Sunday um and hopefully be on her side when things begin to unravel. Before we go and before I want to talk a little bit, um, I want to go back to um, just different raising the voices for um, for different autistic writers. Um, talk about the names of the characters because they were all very interesting. And, um, you know, we, we know that Dolly is named for Sunday's sister who was Dolores. Um, and she's very enamored with Dolly's name, which was very sweet. I know in the beginning she says she can't say it without smiling, which I thought was just a sort of um, a, a really, um, it was almost whimsical reading that line. Um, but I, I do want to ask just a little bit about, you know, like um, where the characters' names came from when you were writing it and how it sort of um, structured the story of it. Yeah, um, I don't want to disappoint you because people... Um, have spoken about this with me before and talked about nominative determinism where the names somehow are much more meaningful than than they seemed to me but I really I chose the names that felt right for the people so Vita and Rollo just seemed like upper class names the kind of people who would be those privileged people they were going to become for me um Sunday's name was chosen actually because her she was a second daughter and she wasn't planned or particularly wanted by her mother. And so her mother sort of cast around for a name on the day Sunday was born and she was born on a Sunday, so it just was there. So it was just it was just evidencing how this wasn't a very longed for child whose name was really considered. It was just, what can we name her? There's a name, we'll give her that name. So it was kind of a way of showing that she wasn't you know really the center of the family um and dolly the same i wanted it to be uh, a sort of nickname that both linked dolly to the sister who's passed away and 
a name that suggested a loving relationship and a, a very caretaking relationship with her. So that's how Dolly got her name. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there wasn't a real process with the names. That was as far as the process went with the names, really. And I love the name Dolores. I've always liked that name for some reason. So that just worked for me. It has a real rhythm to it, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so getting back to it. So who are some um, other authors that you would um, recommend some other um, autistic voices who are okay. writing? Yeah, well, um, for young adult writing, um, there's Holly Smale, who wrote the Geek Girl series that will be on Netflix soon. She's also written um, a book, The Cassandra Complex, recently, that's um, not young adult, it's for everybody. And uh, Fern Brady is um, a comedian in England, in the UK, and she's written um, a kind of memoir about her life, which is fascinating and really honest and brilliant, just a great book. Um, Catherine May, um, she's an autistic writer that writes uh, fiction and nonfiction um, in a very interesting way. Um, yeah, they're probably the ones I would recommend first. Yeah, I think we could all, there's always, there's always the need for more, more voices. This is a really lovely book. I know it's been getting a lot of good press. Um, and, um, I'm hoping to hear more from you. Are you going, do you think you'll write something else? Um, uh, it depends what day you ask me on. Um, at the moment I'm, uh, working quite a lot and I don't have the schedule for writing now, but I hope, uh, when there's time, I'll, I've got some notes ready to go. So as soon as I have the time, I'm sure I'll get back to it, but I shouldn't think for a while. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, once Thanks again, so much. Oh, no, it was wonderful. Um, once again, this was Jessica with Syosset Library's Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was Victoria Lloyd Barlow. Um, once again, I appreciate you uh, joining us um, and read all the little bird hearts. It is a really good story about family and it's got some mystery in it. And like I said, like Sunday is a character that you'll want to spend time with. Thanks so much, Jessica. We are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.